0: Welcome to Cincinnati Foodies, a new community podcast talking all things food in the greater Cincinnati area. Subscribe to our channel for quick 15 to 20 minute bi-weekly updates on restaurant openings, closings, rumors, news, and more.
1: We are your top secret foodie hosts, O and and we're keeping our identities hidden for now
0: or until this podcast is
1: so huge that we can't hide it anymore.
0: Hey, and welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies podcast. This is episode thirteen, and we have so much to get into this week. What are you drinking, O? Girl, after the weekend I had,
1: I'm drinking an electrolyte water. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you? I'm drinking an iced coffee. No That's- alcohol for me today. It's the day after July 4th. <laughs> yeah, that sounds delightful. How was your week, O?
1: Um, it's been a wild ride since I got back from vacation. It was only five days, but somehow just going for like a few days seems just as bad as going for two weeks. It's (laughs) But um, we ate all of Hilton Head Island and Asheville, North Carolina while we were gone. So I've mostly eaten at home since I got back. Um, The one place I did make time for was our date night dinner at Emory in Marymont, um, who just updated their menu for the summer. And that was a night. (laughs) um we started with signature cocktails crispy pork belly buns the mushroom and beet tartare and sweet and spicy chili shrimp we were trying to kind of have like all the things on the menu that we hadn't had before which was fun at this point I think I've had every cocktail on their menu except for the punch but I feel like I need to be sitting outside on like a hot day for that um
0: And the cool thing about them is that they have the cocktails from the other restaurants and stuff. So it's really easy to try them all. They do. I agree.
1: But my favorite appetizer
0: was the bao buns, but you preferred the mushroom tartare, right? Yeah, that was really surprising for me, especially because I don't eat beef tartare. Like I don't do the raw beef. Yep. It was kind of cool to have like tartar vibes, but like vegetarian.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that's what I love about their menu is that like there's really something for everyone. Um, then for second course we had a wedge salad, the heirloom tomato and burrata, and clam chowder. Um, everything was so good. For entrees, it was like honestly impossible to pick. The menu is so well thought out and every dish is so good sounding, but we did narrow it down. We had their new fish sandwich, the roasted cauliflower entree, the seared scallops and pork belly, the salmon, and the twin filet and for dessert we had their peach tart and of course we had to have the donuts they have gluten-free donuts my dessert was the lemon meringue cocktail and i was very happy with my decision it was like a lemon meringue pie in a glass without the instead of meringue it had whipped cream on top and it was just delicious it was tart and not too sweet and yeah it was good right but the uh, the service was excellent, of course. I love how they opened the door for you when you walk in, like, and we had a great table upstairs by the window since it was pouring and too hot for <laughs> outside. But honestly, it was the perfect date night. What was your favorite thing?
0: You know, I really do enjoy their trout dinner, which I did not order this time because I like we were saying, I wanted to order something different. And I had the salmon, and it was really good.
1: Mm, nice. Um, but yeah, then yesterday was July 4th, and we had a pool party and a grill out. So I, of course, have a fridge full of food. But the thing I'm most excited about this week is I scored an interview with Cincinnati Transplant and local chef Katie Devlin. So stay tuned later in the episode for that.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to listen to it. But how was your week, G? I had a great July 4th. We did the Madeira Parade and the Madeira Fireworks that they have afterwards, Mm -hmm. and they always do a great job with their fireworks, and they had a bunch of food trucks around. So they had Kona Ice, Eliza Jane's Bakery Truck, and Sweet and Meats Food Truck, Mm -hmm. which I got food from because, you know, I love my barbecue, And I don't know what they put in their macaroni and cheese, but it had so much flavor and it was so good. Nice. And then on the actual fourth, we did our own firework display in our backyard and it was like kind of last minute. So I just got a bunch of fireworks from Kroger and girl, they were lit. <laughs> like I have to throw up a video in stories or something because I could not believe how intense they were. I don't know if the laws changed in Ohio, but When I was a kid, Kroger was not selling this kind of fireworks. So it was really cool. The kids had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I had no idea that was a
0: thing. When I was a kid, Kroger had like sparklers. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even have sparklers this time. They just had, like, these $10, like, regular fireworks, and it said, like, sparkles and fun, and so I was like, sign me up. Right? (laughs) That's totally your vibe.
1: (laughs) But we live in the neighborhood of Summit Park, so I did not buy any fireworks because we just watched those fireworks from our pool, and they were really
0: cool. Oh, that's nice. Like, VIP. (laughs) Oh, it was, yeah, it was legit. So last week we did a date night at Via Vitae and I really do enjoy this restaurant. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I've been sleeping on them for the past couple years and I kind of feel bad because everything was so good. And now I literally crave their truffle gnocchi. (laughs) They like pan sear each individual gnocchi after they boil them and it just takes it to the next level to like have that layer of like crispiness on the gnocchi. Mm -hmm. And everything we had was really good. They have a really good energy inside of the restaurant. Like everybody treats you like your family and the staff is really on point every time I go. So that's my new favorite restaurant. Yeah. Love there. And then I also took my family to Oriental Walk and they do a great job with kids. My kids enjoyed it so much that they asked if we could go back tomorrow after we got home. (laughs) Oh, how cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to the grand opening of Solstice. That is a new restaurant in East Walnut Hills. And this will lead us into places that are actually open.
1: First, for for the openings, talk about Solstice a little bit, because that looked really cool.
0: Okay, so Solstice is a new restaurant serving tropical-themed cocktails and food. Think margaritas, palomas, appetizers, and tacos. And we will touch more on them next episode when we have an interview with commercial realtor Josh Rothstein.
1: Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. um, You guys, you went to that while I was on vacation. So I'm going to have to get in there soon. Yeah. And we had fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It looked like it. So Luminary by Laturza has taken over the space where former College Hill Coffee Co. stood for 17 years. Laterza is ethically sourced coffee that is locally roasted inside Carrick and Spirits in Fairfax. Oh, cool. Where... I know that's new. They just moved over there. They used to be like off of Shepherd Road over by GE, like in this like creepy warehouse section (laughs) um yeah but they also so they opened up a coffee bar in carican and um they were served for years at wyoming community coffee but now i think they have their own beans but this is la first freestanding coffee shop and i can't wait to check it out next time i'm over there it's right like on the corner of north bend and hamilton avenue so definitely a great location but um and speaking of coffee shops so drip coffee lounge which i think we touched on in the last episode. So this is drip coffee lounge and co-working space that recently opened up in Camp, Camp Washington. They already opened a second location this past weekend in Bond Hill. like this was all within like a month. Wow, So I know. So I'm definitely gonna have to get over there and see how it stacks up. You know, I'm pretty snobby about my coffee, but um, <laughs> definitely have the vibe going for sure. So I've got the rounds to be making I'm gonna instead of working from home the next couple of weeks, I think I'm gonna be working from all the new coffee shops. So <laughs> see,
0: you do really good working out of coffee shops. Like that is not my vibe. I feel like I'm sitting there and everybody's staring at me. And like, I can't focus. <laughs> <work it. laughs>
1: body <laughs> i actually have a really funny deeper root story but we're going to talk about that one
0: offline love me some deeper roots in oakley okay can't wait <laughs> so sugar shack by the tracks is a new ice cream place in Lachland that's actually open it is family operated and they are known for their knuckle sandwich which is two cookies with your choice of ice cream created into a sandwich that weighs over a pound. Stop (laughs) it. Yeah. And share that with your family of four. (laughs) They also have ice cream for dogs and they have a thing called train wreck nachos, which is like (laughs) waffle chips with everything but the kitchen sink on top. And then there's like caramel and chocolate sauce for dipping. Wow. That sounds amazing. And I was looking at their Facebook page and it definitely looks like a train wreck.
1: (laughs) So Hawker's Alley recently opened up on Court Street. There's so much amazing stuff going on down there. It's, like, really a destination at this point. Yeah. Um, There isn't a ton of information available about this place. I kind of just happened upon their Instagram, which doesn't have a lot of stuff on it. It's got, like, three posts. But it's, like, Asian street food. You can order online. They only have like five Yelp reviews, but like I said, they just opened um, and they were all like five stars. Everybody said it was really great from the staff to the food and everything. So, you know, I love some Asian street food. I am going to have to get down there for sure.
0: Yeah. I want to try that place. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So former Cincinnati Bengals defensive end Carlos Dunlap has opened another branch of his soul food restaurant called honey uninhibited. Mm. It's in Covington, Kentucky And they're known for their unique take on Southern foods, such as chicken and waffles and other brunch favorites. Honey Uninhibited was previously awarded the best brunch in Miami in 2022. The latest addition to Dunlap's restaurant network signifies his ongoing connection to the Cincinnati community, despite not having played for the Bengals for several seasons. And I feel like Covington is getting so many brunch places lately.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: more gather all news, because this
1: is like still a developing project that is going to be having openings, openings, openings. Um, Fretboard Brewing this past weekend had their grand opening and this place is really shaping up. Um, Jenny's Ice Cream is also coming in. They recently announced their first Cincinnati installation will be there. Jenny's is a local ice cream chain out of Columbus, Ohio, if you're not familiar with them, um that knocks it out of the park with flavors like their famous Brambleberry Crisp, Brown Butter Almond Brittle, Darkest chocolate and my favorite, the goat cheese with red cherries. Ooh, um, I know this. Jenny's is one of my favorites. All the recipes come from founder Jenny Britton, and it's J E N I one N, who, according to their website literally wrote the book on ice cream and has the James Beard Award to prove it. That explains all the like super creative, really well-balanced flavors. But you've been able to get their pints in Whole Foods and Jungle Gyms for a while, even though they've had outposts in LA, Nashville, Austin, Charleston, and like tons of other cities around the country. Cincinnatians have previously had to drive to Columbus to get like the full experience. So I am pretty stoked about this one. They have one at um, Easton town center. So I have actually been up there, but yeah. And one of the things I like is that they offer half scoops for for those of us who like, can't decide on just one flavor. That's definitely me. (laughs) Same.
0: Yeah. So they sent us some pints of ice cream and I was really impressed. It's not as heavy And rich as graters, but it's still like jam-packed with flavor.
1: Yes, agreed. And
0: they are hosting a grand
1: opening party on July 13th, starting at 7 p.m. And they will be serving out three scoops to everyone in line. So make sure you guys check that out. I'm excited to check it out. Right? And then in coming soon, March 1st and Cincinnati Distilling have announced that they're taking over the empty space on Fountain Square, um, which I believe was the former Rock Bottom Brewing. There yeah. will be, right, right behind Via Vitae, right? Mm hmm. So there will be beer and spirits from all of their brands and plenty of TVs for watching sports. The 6th Street side will be a Cincinnati distilling concept called Laveau, and that will have high-end cocktails and a Creole Cajun menu. There's no
0: announced opening date yet, but we will keep you in the loop if we hear anything. So historic Columbus-based food company Schmidt's Sausage House has announced plans for a permanent food truck location in Cincinnati. The company has added a fifth truck oh. to its fleet with this specific vehicle dedicated to serving the Cincinnati market starting later this month.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um so Gilligans is set to open this fall. In the space that once was the Wyoming fire station. But it's, yeah, but it's since housed several restaurant concepts, the most recent one being a barbecue place that closed last fall. This is owned by the city of Wyoming, and it's going to be developed by EP Investment Group, who are the owners of Ivory House and W Bar and Bistro in Westwood. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and Westside Brewing. So they're partnering. um, The name comes from one of the owners of Westside. His grandfather, Martin Gilligan, escaped the potato famine in Ireland to become the head gardener here in Cincinnati for Christian Moorline. And the food, yeah, it's supposed to like pay tribute to all Irish Americans. Um, The food concept will be approachable upscale Irish and will feature items like stout braised lamb shank, fish and chips corned beef rubens and shepherd's pie and then they'll have like weekly specials and stuff as well the reputation of ivory house really precedes itself so i'm this sounds like it's going to be amazing
0: i love irish food too
1: oh me too talk about comfort food
0: Okay, so we're rolling into closings this week with the Drawbridge Inn in Fort Mitchell. It has been demolished after 42 years in business. Oh, no. Yeah. And I feel like this is such a greater Cincinnati staple. I remember going here when I was a kid. Yeah. So it is said to be transformed into a multi million dollar mixed use development, which will include retail, office, residential, dining, and hotel spaces. With a continuous care retirement center. And Mm. the project is expected to take five to seven years to be completed. Wow.
1: Yeah, these kind of like mixed use spaces really seem to be the way of the future. We're getting one here in Blue Ash as well. And it's just like, I like having places that you can walk to from where you live and it's it's just a good experience they just opened that big one in montgomery like so this ought to be pretty cool sucks that they you know had to demolish such a you know historical building to do it but right okay well ruby's chocolate is not closing calm down but (laughs) but they're a chocolate shop in oakley and they're set to relocate to a new location just outside of finley market in over the rhine the move (laughs) aims to capitalize on the higher foot traffic in the area with projections suggesting the store could triple its revenue after the move notable for their unique truffle cakes Ruby's Chocolates started as a home-based business during the Great Recession in 2009 and has since grown to operate two standalone locations, the other one being in Hamilton, which is actually the only one I was aware of, Um, and they're hoping
0: to feature chocolate-making classes at the new location, and that sounds really fun. Love that. Yeah, I am all about the chocolate making classes because I'm not a big dessert person, Mm -hmm. but I'm really into like the chocolate and the chocolate creations and things like that. Oh, sure. But I've never had Ruby's chocolates like and I don't live that far away from Oakley. I'm surprised I didn't know they were over there.
1: I know. I think it's a location thing. I feel like there are some places in Oakley that are super easy to get to and others that it's like what, where is that? <laughs> because it's just, there's no parking or what, I, you know what I mean? I feel like Oakley's kind of like that. Right. I kind of yeah. tell you on that. Yeah. And especially if it's off the main drag, like nobody wants to make a left and then try to get out of the parking lot. <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's an issue. So what else is closing?
0: Okay. So the West Price Hill Frisch's Big Boy has permanently closed after being a business for 60 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. The restaurant, which was a popular spot in the 60s for high school kids and local sports enthusiasts, announced its closure with a sign on the door, urging customers to visit other nearby locations. This location holds a special place in local sports history, being the landing spot for legendary Ken Griffey Jr. in his high school days. So
1: I've been to this location a lot um, because I used to live on the west side. It's like right over by West High. Yeah. Um... But I got to tell you, I was reading a lot of the comments on this story, and I agree with them. I didn't even really realize that Frisch's had been bought out a few years ago. Like, that's, this is the company that was like, oh, yeah, we'll sign a deal with Pepsi. That oh, Were well, you saying that the food's, yeah. like, kind of going downhill? The food's kind of going downhill. Like, the last couple of times I've been there, like, I know that food and service and everything's getting expensive, but, like... That kind of food isn't something that someone's going and like looking to spend $75 at fridges. I what was going to say. And it's like empty. There's no staff. Like you wait forever. The bar is, you have to ask to have stuff refilled on the bar, where before it was just like they just did it. They were on it. So it's just like, it's such a bummer because it's oh. such an institution in this city. I hate to see it going downhill.
0: Me too. And I feel like it's just like not Cincinnati anymore. Like Frisch's used to be like really like Cincinnati mm-hmm. centric. And yeah. I feel like now it's just like getting more corporate. Yeah. And the chicken fingers, they, I don't know what they did to the chicken fingers, but my kids literally cannot eat them anymore. And they're
1: spicy, right?
0: Yeah. Like we can't even go there with the kids anymore. Yeah. they have. A t- I think they added a ton of pepper to the, to the batter. And it's like, Every time you go through the drive-thru, it's like fifty dollars. <laughs> I know it's
1: it's crazy. So it's was like yeah. Thing. I know. Maybe I should go by and get my Diet Chocolate Coke. And it's the only time I drink Diet Coke when you put chocolate in, in it. it. So funny, you
0: drink Diet <laughs> Chocolate Coke.
1: You gotta balance it. I mean, I can't have 40 grams of sugar of a Coke and the chocolate and my my hot fudge cake. I feel like I gotta
0: go get one before something bad happens. So <laughs> I I will still get a Swiss Miss with onion rings on the side every once in a while. That's, like, yeah. a thing for me. Sure. But other than that, I'm not really going there. So I get a big boy
1: combo, which is where you take the middle bread out. Oh, yeah. I That's my order. And then... I never get to go from Frisch's because I just feel like their fries and onion rings do not hold up, even if you're just driving five minutes home. Like in the (laughs) restaurant, delicious. But like, they're just, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, heaven forbid I eat a burger without fries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I think you know by now that while I love reporting all of the restaurant openings and foodie news to you guys every two weeks, my favorite part of this gig is my monthly chef interviews. Let's be real. And um, this week is no exception because I get to fangirl out a bit with Cincinnati transplant, Katie Devlin. Um, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? Yay. I'm so good. I mean, the sun, is shining so uh-huh. I couldn't ask for anything else honestly I,
2: even if it wasn't it's like I have nothing to complain about <laughs> you know? I, I, that. I, that I is find the reasons I'll yes. find reasons but if I dial it back and just pause for a second like mm-hmm. all my reasons are so Cadillac problems you know what I mean like, oh, 100% yeah so 100%.
1: anyway I love that so my challenge with this is going to be keeping this to like 10 or 15 minutes because okay. I have a feeling I could probably talk to you for like a full long form hour podcast which yeah. is I think people would probably be like wait what's what happened to the Cincinnati Fitties podcast this week right. um, yeah. so I, I've really connected with your story and I think that our listeners will too but let's start simple so I'm sure you know by now that like every Cincinnati thinks that this is the best city anywhere
2: um, <laughs> so where did you grow up and what brought you here okay so actually we I we haven't gotten to chat too much so mm-hmm. I'm from here oh. but I yeah so I grew up in Mount Lookout I went to Kilgore and then Walnut Hills High School and yes. I left when I was 17 mm-hmm. um, and then I started my journey with like AmeriCorps and then the military a few times and blah mm-hmm. blah, blah so but I I was raised in Mount Lookout and um, oh. but I didn't I haven't come back uh, I went through a heartache after the Coast Guard and mm-hmm. that's what brought me back I didn't know where to go so that's why oh. I'm back here mm-hmm.
1: interesting the pool is strong that's for sure.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah, I will say like, I always I had this like restless, like wanderlust in me. And maybe mm-hmm. that was the alcoholism. I don't know. Maybe it's like a splash of authenticity. I don't know what it is. But I always yeah. wanted to leave. And every time I left, I was like, dang it. Like, there's something about Cincinnati and my mom and grandma are here. And that's it. And so that's yeah. why that's why I stay besides like this job I landed that I love. But sure. But Cincinnati was never. I'm like an ocean person. Like I want to be by the water. That's my other skill set. Like working Mm -hmm. on boats. So it's you know, if I didn't have this gig, I don't think I'd be here for sure. I hear
1: that. So Ohio is actually one of the we have the biggest portion of our population that do enroll
2: in the military. So you said you
1: were in the military a
2: couple of times. Were you in in multiple branches? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so I joined the Coast Guard in I don't know 2007 after Mm -hmm. I did a year of rebuilding in the South when Katrina hit, and it catapulted me a month later into like my first branch of the military. And uh, my dad was a green beret. And I asked him as a female, like, what branch does he recommend? And he Mm -hmm. said, Air Force or Coast Guard. And I had a pretty working knowledge of like the ocean and boating. So I was like, Oh, that checks out Coast Guard, you know? Yeah. Um, So anyway, so yeah, I did that for a few years. And then I got out and I came home to Cincinnati when I was 22. For the first time, I got my first civilian job at a Mm -hmm. restaurant. Okay. Then my my drinking got insane. Um, I was like a blooming alcoholic and didn't know it. And so Mm I I yeah. fixed that by joining the military again I went to the army okay um, and it didn't work <laughs> sure sure so I ended up getting sober I mean I guess it worked in a sense where it's like it it's sped right. up the process of getting sober you know? yeah it was like the American medical system
1: we we treated the <laughs> symptoms so we didn't find the underlying <laughs> exactly. cause right right it's um, like a
2: band-aid on a bullet hole that's like all the things you know yeah so what did you do when you got out of the army So that was in 2016, and I'd gotten sober in 2015, so I actually – Went out to California to work in substance abuse, but I had never gone to treatment to get sober. I did a 12-step program and just made a really rigorous schedule here for myself. So yeah. that was wild, like working in Newport Beach. It was super flashy. It was like a high-end facility, which is not my style. Like right. that, a lot of people didn't even stay sober because it was like, oh, here's yoga. Like that's going to do anything. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, um, but anyway, I was bulimic and nobody knew it. So that's how I ended up back in Ohio in 2017 was wow. I got caught. Um, working in rehab and quite literally like I needed rehab you know and it was a secret that was killing me wow and um so anyway so I moved back to Ohio and a month later um I began my recovery from my bulimia so, wow that's amazing
1: yeah. so now you so you didn't take a traditional route into like becoming a chef which is so cool <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like there are a lot of people out there that think that if you don't go to culinary school you can't ever be a chef you can be a cook but you can't be a chef and I feel like that really does a disservice to mm-hmm. a lot of the industry so
2: how tell me a little bit about how you got Yeah. So I mean, my family, so my father is allergic to a lot of like different spice. So growing up, we were like, kind of like a meat and potatoes, like not it was really bland cooking. My mother always cooked, but it wasn't anything. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty like ordinary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, due to his allergies. So anyway, and then my mother's side of the family is Greek. So my grandmother was always making really awesome, like rack of lamb and Spanakopita yeah. and stuff like that. But still that only touches on like the Mediterranean diet, you know? So mm-hmm. all of it happened really. Like I, god it's so wild like if anyone hears this that's like active in an eating disorder they won't believe me because i get it like i didn't believe them whoever Mm -hmm. they were either that told me i could recover you know but how it happened was um I couldn't even eat literally like a plain organic carrot without throwing it up. I mean, I didn't eat a wow. meal successfully, like yeah. held holding it down for six years. Like it was insane. So whatever. So the reason I say that is because all food scared me, not even quote unquote fatty junk food. It was like right. anything. And so what happened was, um, yeah, I was two years sober. I had moved home from California and somebody asked me to give a lead at an AA meeting in front of all these people, like share my story. It was like a hundred mm-hmm. people and i got up there and i i was honest i don't know what came over me some divine intervention but i was like yeah and this is you know if you'll be sober 2 years sober and absolutely miserable if you have these other secrets that are keeping you sick and like blocking you from the sunlight you know yeah and so that's what so then i had my first meal and i i say that because i think that's what started the whole journey i got really into like nutrition but not a whole lot i just mean like i started eating healthy food <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's what you know <laughs> and i went to an awesome gym a real human performance performance in Madisonville, Mm -hmm. and that was a whole line of like uh, divine, you know, God shots or whatever along the way, how I ended up there. But they nursed me back to health. And in doing so, then I moved in. My roommate was one of the dudes that owned the gym. And I got to see how he and his partner ate food all the time. And it was clean. And it was like primal. And I was like, ooh, that's dope. Like, I want that. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how my journey in recovery began. And when I moved to Maine, when the pandemic hit in 2020, Mm -hmm. I was five years sober, sober, no cannabis or anything. And I was recovered from the bulimia. And I was working in a boatyard, and after work, we would just cook a lot because there was nothing to do in this small town that was shut down, you know? Sure. So I was vegan and I was like, well, this vegan food sucks. Like I'm bored. I don't know. I mean, it's, it doesn't suck if you know what you're doing, but if you don't sure. know how to cook, it's very sure. bland. Like, yeah, I, I'm not vegan any longer. But what I started doing was playing with flavors and mm-hmm. like making weird jam up in Maine, like blackberry bushes. And, you know, I'd add jalapeno and cilantro and like weird flavor profiles. Yeah, and that's how it came to be. And I came home. And in 2021, I started prepping uh, vegan meals for families in Mount Lookout and Hyde Park, like where mm-hmm. I live. Mm-hmm. And it took off and it was so busy that it's like not legal to cook for that.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so, a lot of people start that way. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> and
2: so a woman that I went to church with back in the day knew that I was doing that, told my mom that there was an assistant position at Turner Farm and I jumped on it. And I was very adamant and persistent, like for like a month, I was like, hire me, hire me, hire me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they did and 2 months later they made me the chef. And I that. love that. So. That's amazing. Well, and I
1: feel like in America we don't have the healthiest relationship with food even yeah. the even people that don't have any disorder to eating. Right. Like it actually kind of is disordered eating I just don't think we talk about it as a nation Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that I love seeing is I mean not only are your dishes so beautiful like you love using like edible flowers and just you really bring in all the colors but they're just a really healthy approach to food which I think is obviously you know one of the reasons that you're able to be successful in an industry that you know is just putting food in front of you all the time totally Um,
2: I think that like the the style that we try to provide here, because it's like myself, and for the longest time it was just me, and then now I have a sous chef, Megan, who's mm-hmm. awesome, and she like has grown so much. But she didn't come in experience. I just liked her energy. I was like, I like your vibe. I want that in my space. Like yeah. I'll teach you the way I learned, and that's that. But you're a good human. Like I want you here. Yeah. And so I've had her now for like six months. I've been the chef. Um, I just entered in my third year as the chef here. So it was a lot of like, you know, growing on my own. (laughs) That was hard. (laughs) There was nobody here. Like I was like cooking for 50 people. And I was like, okay, I want to dial the food back. (laughs) I went through all these like You know, at first I was cooking for people and it was whatever they wanted. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to make this. I don't even believe in eating this. Like, this is so then I was like, you know what? I work on a farm. Like, I'm going to just kind of form this. And my boss was like, run with it. So I just made it what I wanted, which was everything from the land, everything local that I could get my hands on and very like, let the food speak for itself. You know, like let parsley show you what parsley even tastes like without a bunch of like ranch or sauce or. (laughs) You know, so that's what we do. And we're very big into, I firmly believe, and I don't know a whole lot about the industry in this way. Like I'm Mm -hmm. new to it. I don't know what people are up to. I have some people I really like, um, idolize in town, some Mm -hmm. females and a couple dudes that are awesome chefs, but like, for the most part, like I want people to have an experience. I want them to leave grateful and feeling alive and if my food can do that to their soul then that's all i care about and if yeah and so i think a lot of people a lot of nicer restaurants a lot of like well-known chefs or like middle of the road like me like whatever can cook salmon right sure. but like it's not about just the salmon it's about the whole vibe going on you yeah. know so like plenty of people can cook a dish. Well, plenty of restaurants have the same thing on the menu, but it's like, what else are you offering those people, you know? And I want them to have an experience, not just a good plate of food.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, and I can say I have experienced one of the classes that you mm-hmm. teach and, and it's so important to just not only like have that sense of community, but, and, and to really be eating from the land, but I feel like just learning how to like tactile, how to do it. And how to follow those instructions. and, And then you're so good at like telling people, look, the instructions are there, but like measure with your heart and yeah. that's something I'm like a type A Capricorn that's a struggle <laughs> for me I'm a right. baker like <laughs> so, yep. so it was definitely like it was definitely very clear that the experience was the the point and that's that's pretty cool
2: you know when I was in the military I was so rigid and and you throw in like bulimic and alcoholism plus yeah. the military plus being raised by a green beret like you throw all that together and you get this very rigid way of life. And for sure. And the perfectionism, the standard I hold myself to to this day is just unrealistic, you know, (laughs) and I have to like this place is very healing for that. So I always tell people when they come in, like before we like start the class, like off the rip, I'm like, hey, guys. (laughs) If you are a Type A person, this next these next two hours will be very healing for you. <laughs> you know? yes. But and they like, they don't look super stoked necessarily like those said people. And then afterwards, they're like hugging me and they're like, "That was awesome," you know.
1: <laughs> yes, so. for sure, for sure. Yeah.
2: Well, we are so grateful
1: that yeah. you came back home to Cincinnati. Thank you. Um, we are so grateful that you talked to us today. Yeah. absolutely and
2: yeah I don't know how this works but whoever if anybody ever listened to this and like needed help and I don't think that I'm some guru of any sort but I know I know about the eating disorder stuff real well and I just am open about all these things because it's so hush hush and it's like dude rock your truth everything is all good like it's okay to not be okay you know
1: yeah I agree
2: I get messages and they're like hey like I was at your class my daughter needs help or hey like you said you were sober. Like, was there a meeting you recommend or, Hey, like I get all these private messages that the Mm -hmm. viewers don't see. So I will continue to put it out there because I needed a hand and people like, you know, extended their hand to me. So yeah, that's yeah. so beautiful. I love that, Katie. Thank yeah. you. We will
1: definitely tag your Instagram oh. in the show notes. Well, awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. So in Foodie News, Soto, one of Cincinnati's most loved restaurants, has released and they've released new menu items, you guys. This is Yay. such a big deal because I feel like they don't change their menu like ever. So they've added a uh, Nduja to the Bruschetta menu. Um, starts with a stracciatella cheese and top with broccolini and the nduja which is a spicy spreadable pork sausage that you can put on bread they have a bombolotti alla matriciana which is a pasta dish with like a spicy tomato base sauce with guanciale which is pork cheek kind of tastes like bacon it's really good they've actually had this on the menu before and we've ordered it and i've actually made it at home a few times but I usually make it with bucatini these noodles are kind of like a uh, rigatoni but not as long the bombolati, yeah um, is a little bit of a heavier dish like it can veer a little
0: greasy with the guanciale there's a, excited there's a lot of flavor in that too I oh, love, I love so making so much flavor same then there's zucchini a la scapeche, and that is thin cut zucchini that is pan fried and they're topping it with mint and pepperoncinis The last edition is Mozzarella di Bufala, which is pretty simple, but always a hit with me. It's simply tomatoes, buffalo mozzarella, and basil. Yes. Yes, Please. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds delicious. Yes. I'm going to have to make a new reservation. Okay. And then if you're a girly foodie like me, then you'll love this Barbie margarita from me, Cosmel. I have absolutely no idea what's in it. But it's pink and it's cute and I want one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Graters is releasing their new limited edition flavor, Lemon Meringue Pie. They've also added a secret menu item and it is the Lemon Meringue Pie Sundae. The sundae is crafted with white bunk cake, strawberry and marshmallow topping and the Lemon Meringue Pie ice cream. This is the third of five bonus flavors they're dropping this summer.
1: Okay, I'm hanging up now. I'm going to Grader's.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you are (laughs) a lemon girl, aren't you? I am a lemon girl. That sounds delicious. That's so funny because I could skip the lemon desserts.
1: Uh, I I just really like the tartness. I'm kind of in my non-sweet era. So yeah, just give me the tart. I love it. Arnold's Bar and Grill, an iconic establishment with a history spanning more than 160 years, has appointed Nathan Leike as its new executive head chef. Nathan, forgive me if that's not pronounced Leike, but that's what we're <laughs> going to go with. It's L-Y-K-E. Um, he previously served as the sous chef at Mita's. And he's taking over from chef Kayla Robinson, who left in May, that we interviewed In episode 11. So if you did not listen to that, go back and listen to our interview with the commander in beef. Um, But he also worked at notable locations like Jean Jean Robert's table, York Street Cafe, Virgil's and Vito's. Wow. I know, right? That's quite the resume. Arnold's owner Chris Breeden cited Likey's experience at these legendary eateries as a key factor in his hiring. Breeden anticipates Likey's specialty in Southern food and Midwestern comfort food could influence future menu changes. However, the signature Greek spaghetti and the same hamburger blend developed by Robison will remain for the foreseeable future. So I love Arnold's. Have you
0: been there? You know, I've never been there.
1: (laughs) I've been for lunch. I've also been as part of a bar crawl. I've definitely been in that tub. There are photos. It's fine.
0: I did not know that they had, that they had been here for 160 years. So now Mm -hmm. I have to go.
1: Oh, absolutely. It is. It's a really cool spot. But speaking of the bathtubs, what's with the bathtubs? like there's one at Arnold's there's one at Taft's like does it have something to do with
0: prohibition well there's one at SOB steakhouse in Liberty Township. there's one at Jeff Ruby's yep downtown that's what I'm
1: saying like what's I need the story on the tubs I just
0: think it's like a branding thing and I think it's like fun okay I'm
1: doing on we're gonna talk about it on episode 14 OK, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there has to be a story.
0: Yeah, let's do some research on it and we'll update yeah. you next episode. For sure. Love it. OK, what's going on with Kroger? OK, so Kroger's Wellness Festival is set to come back for another year in September. And rumor has it that some of the celebrity guests will be Eli and Peyton Manning and Cameron Diaz. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, she's big in the wellness space for sure. Yeah. I did go to the first year that they had the wellness festival mm-hmm. and I did a workout with Chloe Kardashian's trainer. Oh, which okay. I also I can't remember his name. Okay, so I noticed that Skyline Chili has released their jalapeno cheddar mets for the summer and I really like mets. I like them so much better than hot dogs, but I just think it's a Cincinnati thing, right? Um, uh, probably, cuz it's pretty German, but like
1: back up like I'm so far out of the loop. I didn't even know this was a thing. I've never heard of Skyline Chili having a cheddar jalapeno met.
0: They normally do something in the summer with mets.
1: Okay. It's- well, I'm
0: now I'm really hanging up. I'm going to Skyline and then I'm going <laughs> to Graders
1: It's because I love a cheddar jalapeno met. And you know what I don't love from Skyline? They're hot dogs. I like hot dogs. Same. But I don't like Skyline's hot dogs. So I'm like, you know, stopping through the drive-thru to get a cheddar. I'm assuming you can get this as a Coney.
0: Yeah, of course. That's the whole point. Yeah. Okay. I, good. <laughs> because I was gonna say if they don't have the Mets, because they normally yeah. do them every summer, mm-hmm. I just get a chili cheese sandwich because I can't do the hot dogs either.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I we like to get it and then just like make it at home with our own spaghetti or our own um, our own hot dogs. But yeah, well, aren't you fancy? I'm on my way. (laughs) Um, So, former Ohio State and current Bengals punter Drew Chrisman has taken up a side job as a DoorDash driver in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, So, he's obviously not doing it for the extra income. Um, Chrisman is using the additional earnings to buy food for underprivileged communities in Cincinnati. His altruistic efforts have gained attention from major news outlets and were even recognized by DoorDash on social media. This (laughs) is. I might be peeping out my window to
0: see who my driver is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, usually just have them leave it on your porch. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. you. Yeah. Usually just have them leave it on my porch. That's hilarious. Oh,
1: and guys, don't forget that Cackleberry's pop-up at Lost and Found is on July 9th at 9 a.m. So make sure you guys get out there for
0: that. Oh, yeah. I want to get one of those sandwiches. They do the breakfast sandwiches, right? Yes,
1: I'm like drooling right now. Clearly I'm hungry while we're recording this. It's probably <laughs> bad.
0: It's probably a bad idea.
1: I know. So what's going on for the next episode?
0: So we hope to bring you a surprise chef interview and we're going to be going to Jenny's Ice Cream's new location. Okay, well that sounds delicious. I'm excited. Yeah. But right. yeah, I guess that's all we have for this week. We will touch base next episode. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cincinnati Foodies. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on Instagram.
0: If you have any news, restaurants to check out, or you would like to be featured, you can email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at Cincinnati Foodies on Instagram.